But now back to introducing tonight uh, our elder and pastor and just an amazing all-around person that I dearly love, Susan Folkler. Thank you, you guys. Well, I'll put that down where I can get it. Yeah, so um, how many were you part, to any part of the conference last weekend? Yeah? How, what do you think? Was it worth going to, you guys? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. You know, sometimes you go to conferences and you're like, that was cool, but I don't know, for me, I just, I needed it. It revived something in me. I really did need it. And um, we had the added special blessing of being able to house five of the Bethel students, which was a real gift in getting to know some of them. And I guess something in me started stirring up because I saw in them, in those women, just such an honest passion for God. You know, just really just, I mean, one of them is like goes to, I don't know, the Congo, was it Con- someplace in Africa, the Congo, like the rape, the rape capital of the world. You know, she goes to rescue these girls and she goes because Jesus told her to. And then she's about to go to Iraq because Jesus told her to. And I was just like, wow, God, <laughs> you know, that whole heart um, that I know so many of you all have, but that, uh, that we hear his voice, we, we seek his face. And when he says, do something, we do it. He, he shows up for us. And I'm like, God, I got a little too much doubt and insecurity in me and ha, ah, I'm feeling really convicted. So, um, just out of that, I want to share a little of my journey and Karina, we're going to tag team Karina too, which is so convicted of like, I want to be like them <laughs> when I grow up, except I'm already, oops, grown up. But, um, I want that more Jesus. I want that kind of a passionate heart more God to know that. Oh, and, and so the theme really for me out of the, I know there was different things shared, but for me, it was seeing how soft and tender their hearts were before God and like giving him access and saying, whatever it is, Jesus, I'll step into it and do it. And, um, God, I want that more. I want that more. And I know he, so many of you do as well. And I know as we do that, we are going to be amazed at the destiny he has us step into. When we stop trying to figure it all out (laughs) with our left brain, reasoning it and rationalizing it, and just start receiving. So um, receiving his truth about who we are. And where he's leading, what he's leading us into. So I titled this full access. I think, I think that, uh, I heard that earlier. I think maybe Joel said something about full access. I'm like, yeah, there's the water. <laughs> we let him, we let that river into our heart. Where is it going to take us to? Where is it going to take us to if we stop putting a lid on things? Where's it going to take us? Yeah. And I know for all, each and every one of you, there is an amazing place he has for you. But it is going to be through the fullness of his heart in our hearts that that happens. So thank you, Jesus. So I'm just going to pray, Lord, for all of us, for me too, God, for me, Jesus. Would you give me grace and all of us grace, God, to open up to your goodness. You're so good. 
You're so good. You're so good. You are so much more good than we can even wrap our, our minds around. You're so faithful. You're so kind. You so understand us. Jesus, and we th- I thank you that you have plans for every single one of us that will not disappoint us. Ha <laughs> ha. But we need your grace and we need your presence to walk in the fullness of who we are called to be. Oh, so Jesus, pray for that deeper, wider thing, like Joel was saying, for all of us, deeper and wider into every last little crevasse in our hearts, God. We need you there. We are hungry for you, Jesus, and we want more. We absolutely want more, Jesus. Thank you. You want it more than we do, I know for sure. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're so good. Yeah. So so if you do have a Bible, um, we're going to be looking at um, Hebrews 4, one of my favorite all-time scriptures. Um, this scripture sort of draws from the Old Testament. Remember, remember old Moses and, and Joshua and how they are in various ways trying to lead the Israelites through the desert into the promised land. And what should have been about 11 days takes like 40 years to get there. And the reason it took so long was their hearts. They didn't want to receive what God was wanting to give them. They, the people wanted, you know, Mo- Moses, you go hang with that God guy. You go talk to him and figure things out. We'll just kind of play it safe here and um, we'll just kind of do what you say. So instead of actually going after a relationship with God for themselves, they wanted just their le- the leader, you know, Moses, you go do that. Or Joshua, you go do that. We're just going to hang out and do what we've always done. And that's kind of the, the background of where this particular scripture comes from. Because God had been promising them over and over and over again, if you guys will just soften your heart, I'm going to get you right over there. You're going to enter into the rest of the promised land I have for you. It's, it's all you got to do. Just keep your heart open and soft before me. Listen to my voice. Trust my voice. And I'm going to get you there. And they kept, the scriptures say, they kept hardening their hearts and sort of resisting what he wanted to do with them again and again. And this is what it says in, um, in Hebrews 4, 7. Because they didn't, they missed their destiny at that point, but yet God set another time for entering his place of rest. And that time is today. And I don't think that means today, today. I, re- I believe that means right now, this moment. Not today, tomorrow. Not today, next week, next month, next year. That means right now. He's right here. Open up your heart. Soften your heart. I'm right here. That river is right here, This right now, in this moment. And it's available to us as soon as as we allow our hearts to be open and soft before him. See, God announced this through David a long time ago. I'm sorry, a long time later. First happened way back when with 
Moses and Joshua. And then a long time later, David repeated those same words. Today, you must listen to his voice. Don't harden your hearts against him. And I don't think hardening the heart here means like you're a psychopath or something like that. I think it's more that wanting to go our own way, wanting to figure it out, wanting to trust our own understanding. Okay, that's what hardening the heart. It doesn't mean you're being this mean, cruel bully, but it can be as simple as that, as just listening to my own arguments instead of going to him and trusting him. And I have done that so many times, I'm telling you. Just so many times I've done that. Um, I know years ago I um, was working at this job and I had a, a co-worker I was working with. She was the medical assistant. And God was starting to show up for her. It was it was really neat. He kept sending her dreams. She'd come to work, share the dream with me. And I think she had a Catholic background, but it was really, really neat because this, clearly the spirit was starting to speak to her and show her things. And so she'd share her dreams and I'd give her interpretation and sometimes we'd pray together. And it was really, really cool. Um, and then one day she had a daughter and her daughter had kind of gotten involved with the with a wrong crowd, especially the boyfriend. And she was off with her boyfriend one day, and um, I guess some somebody that was after the boyfriend came after them and, and shot and killed her. She was caught in the crossfire. I was offended. I'm like, God! Because, of course, she's devastated. This is her daughter that's been killed. And I'm, like, own, so owning her connection with Jesus, like it offended me, but God, you were awakening her heart to love you. And, and she was getting filled with the Holy spirit. And now this, how am I going to explain this to her? This is awful. I, ah, you know, and I'm just like owning it, right? I am taking full responsibility for, you know, trying to explain how this, such a terrible thing could happen. Right. I mean, I'm like really worried. Cause I'm like, Oh God, She's, she's going to feel like it's been a whole mistake to, to, you know, fall in love with you. And what are we, how, what are we, and then one day, one day he just says to me, Susan, be still and know that I am God. Like, okay. And then he said it again, be still and know that I am God. Like, okay. And then again, I'm like, oh, dang, this is like Peter and Jesus. Woof. And then he says it again. Be still and know that I am God. And you see, I'd been so anxious. It, it really had hardened my heart to, against trusting him with her. With her. He was, she was his responsibility. And I realized he said it like that, first of all, to say, be still, be, be quiet, be calm, listen to me. And he said, no, I'm God, look at me, get your eyes off the circumstances, get your eyes back on me. And he said, I am God, know that I am, I'm, I'll take care of her, it's not your job. Not your responsibility. You're trying to make this all about you, all about you saying the right thing, praying the right prayer. 
Anybody else ever had, yeah, gotten caught up in that? I think it's a pretty common thing us Christians do. Um, it wasn't my job. It was sad. It was tragic. And she never came back to work again because it was, you know, it was devastating for her. But how many know God understood her heart way better than I did? He knew what to do to take care of her. I didn't. But I had to soften my heart to be able to see that. Because we're full of anxiety. I couldn't hear what I couldn't hear his heart. I couldn't see what the answer was when you have a hardened heart. Because he wants us to live in rest. There is a special rest waiting for the people of God. For all who enter God's rest will find rest from their labors, their anxiety, their worries, their cares, just as God rested from creating the world. That's what he wants for us. And um, I think there was a, a scripture I skipped in the, in the um, keynote that I wanted to mention that actually in verse 8, it says this, this new place of rest was not in the land of Canaan. Huh? Isn't that what they were talking about all in the Old Testament? The land of Canaan? Wasn't that the promised land? It was not in the land of Canaan. Why? This place of rest is in the heart of God. This place of rest they missed out on because they weren't pursuing a personal connection with Jesus. That's why today, today, this moment, your promised land, your place of rest is available to you, completely available to you. Just simply open up your heart and give him that full access. You will find rest. You will find rest for your anxieties and your cares and your worries because he's right there to be with you in every way with his goodness and his kindness. And it goes, oops, uh, there we go. Is that where I was? Yes, that's where I'm supposed to be. Let us then therefore do our best to go into that place of rest too, being careful not to disobey God as the children of Israel did, thus failing to get in. They failed to get in simply because they didn't believe. It was that easy. It was that easy to get into the heart of God, just believing. Moses did and Joshua and Caleb did. They just believed. They just, they just, they cultivated that connection with him and they got it, even though they, it took a long time to actually get into the land because I think they understood the land's a great place, but it's not the answer. They knew the answer was having that connection with Jesus. And the scripture goes on to an interesting, it seems to almost change subject, but if you look at it, it's, it's more the same when it talks about how the word of God is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest knife cutting deep into our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes us for what we really are. The word of God. It's his word that's in the Bible. How many of you know when, you re- when you're reading it and you're taking it in and your spirit's alive and activated and you start ah, taking it in, it starts transforming us, doesn't it? But also when he speaks a word, like when he spoke that word to me, 
it changed something in me. I realized how very codependent I was being trying to take responsibility for someone that wasn't my responsibility at all. He understands us in the very, very deep places of our heart. He understands what's going there on. He knows, he knew what was going on with my friend. He knew her broken heart and he was going to meet her right where she needed to be met. Because nothing in all creation can hide from him. Nothing. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. This is the God to whom we must explain all that we've done. But yet, he already knows it all. He already knows it all. He knows everything going on. He knows all those thoughts going on inside of our head all the time. He does. He's like, I get it. I understand you better than you understand yourself. I think sometimes we get tripped up because we think, well, if only I could figure this out and clean it up, and then I can bring it to God. And he's like, I already understand it all. It's okay. Just bring it to me. Really, really, really. You don't have to clean anything up at all. Just come to me, because I totally understand. I'll tell you, it is so amazing what can happen in our lives when we just have a softened heart. I will, God can do anything with us. Like these ladies we met last week. Oh my goodness, just the way they are single-handedly changing the world because they've just been able to say yes. The only way we can say yes is if we know his goodness and we know his goodness on the inside. And that we do by opening up our heart. I remember some years ago, I used to take Karen to the BART station every day in um, Bayfair, BART station to put on BART so she could go to school. And um, I would drive down this street, and there was this one particular house that kept getting my attention because it was so noticeably run down, compared more, so, so run down compared with all the other homes on that block. Like the windows were boarded up sometimes, and there was, there was holes in the windows sometimes, and the, the yard was always a mess, and there were sometimes toys, broken toys in the yard. And I just felt to start praying for them, like God started opening, you know, opening my heart and, and wondering about what, what the heck's going on with this, with this house and the people that live there. Is it just, you know, it's been abandoned? I didn't know. So I just started praying and praying and praying. And I think my heart, I started feeling compassion. At first, probably had some judgment about what's wrong with these people that they just start trashing this house and started feeling some compassion like, man, these people really must be down and out to leave the house in such a condition. And um, and then during about that same time, I had a, I think it was must have been at Christmas time, some, some long-time patients of mine gave me a gift. They gave me this gift card for Macy's. Like, oh, that's cool, but I felt like I shouldn't use that gift card. Just something in me was like, I don't need this gift card. So I, I gave it to someone who needed it a whole lot better than me. They had like a bunch of little kids, missionaries with a bunch of little kids. They could definitely use a Macy's gift card. So I send that off to them anonymously. And then the next week, another patient comes in, insists on giving me the exact same amount of money. I'm like, what? Okay, God, what is it you're trying to tell me here? And once more, I'm like, okay, um, 
what am I supposed to do with this? And this house just came to my mind again. I, Jesus, I got to do something about that house. I, I didn't want to though. Let me tell you, I did not want to. Okay. That's just like, how can I go up to the door and knock on a door? And I don't know anybody. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea what the situation is. So I kind of had to battle with God about this for a little while. And, um, so one day, so I go out and I bought some things, used the money to buy some gifts, Bible, and a, because it looked, it was pretty clear there was a child. I got, a, I think, a VeggieTales DVD or something like that, and some other little gifts and things, and put it all together in this gift bag. And I finally got the courage up to go up to the door and knock on the door. This better be you, God. <laughs> oh, me of great faith, huh? Um, and this woman answers the door and she just looked very happy. I'm like, hmm, wow, that was not what I was expecting. Invites me right in and starts telling me her story. As it turns out, she had been deeply involved in drugs up until the last few weeks, had gotten saved, was going to Bible study. And like within the next couple of days was actually going to be moving out of that house. So I'm like, if I hadn't have finally given in to what you want me to do, God, I would have missed that little moment to be able to bless her. So, um, so it's interesting huh, how much more God can get our attention if our hearts are soft. I mean, that was just really a small thing, but to me, it, it, it was a reminder to me that I would have completely ignored that if I hadn't allowed my heart to be softened, you know, and maybe the prayers help. I don't know. It wasn't, she was, God was already going after her in many different directions. Wasn't he? Isn't that wonderful? God's amazing. I will tell you now that house is completely fixed up now, which is cool to see, but that's our God. When we have a soft heart, when we understand we can trust him more than we can trust our own plans, our own reasoning. We can. We really, really can. We can trust him because he wants to take your life. Just your soft, yielded heart is all he really needs. He will use that to do some amazing, amazing world-changing things. Because you see, this is why we have a great high priest who has gone to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us cling to him and never stop trusting him. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same temptations as we do, yet did not sin. And I absolutely believe that to be true. I absolutely believe that every bit of shame Every bit of rejection, every bit of torment, every bit of feeling unjustly blamed, he experienced that. We sometimes think, well, he had it easier because he was God. And yeah, he had a connection with Jesus, but he felt the same kind of emotional pain that we did in every way. He understands you intimately. He gets it. We don't need to hide anything from him because he was already there. He was already there in every way. 
Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And we will find grace to help us when we need it. Every time for everything we need mercy for. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to invite my friend Karina up to tell her story. I was just ready to just sit there and soak in everything Susan was saying. That was so good. Um, really good, Susan. Um, so it's kind of so the last month, my I've been feeling God really softening my heart. Before that, I kind of was, um, you know, feeling that like life and hardening. But to be completely honest. Tonight, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> so I, I, I thought, I just want to throw that out there because I think um, sometimes we, we need to give ourselves grace. And also, I think like what Susan's talking about is just being more aware of what's going on inside. And sometimes it is like this. It's like, oh, my heart feels soft. And then life happens and work and pain and, and then oh my goodness, you get disappointed and you're at this place again where you feel your heart isn't as soft. So, um, yeah, I give you guys grace to um, be on that journey and I think mostly be aware of when you're, you know, like, oh wow, I'm noticing my heart's feeling a little, little bit harder again. And so being aware is the first step and allowing just allowing Jesus back into that place again, soften your heart. Um, I've really been feeling, uh, a lot lately, like, wow, I, I need you, God. I mean, I've always known that I needed him, but more and more I'm, I'm realizing I can't do anything without you, Holy Spirit. I can do nothing in and of myself. And, um, I think for where we're going, not just as a church, but this world, where we are going, we cannot rely on our own strength and our own gifts and whatever we have. We cannot. So um, it's a good thing, and uh, it's an uncomfortable thing because our needs make us uncomfortable. And we don't want to be needy because what if God doesn't show up for us? What if our people and we're in relationships don't show up for us? But um, we need him. We, we've got to continually get back to that place, humbling ourselves and saying, Jesus, I, I need you. I need you for everything. And acknowledging our weaknesses is what draws his strength. And what, like Paul talks about, that's where his strength is going to show up for us. So be encouraged by that. Be encouraged by the needs you have. Acknowledge them. Tell, tell Jesus every day, I need you. I need you for everything. So um, one thing I was thinking as uh, Susan and I were talking about listening and obeying God is I noticed for me that um, a lot of times the only time certain areas show up that I reveal that I need more healing is when I step out to do something. And um, so then I want to avoid that. I'm like, that doesn't feel good. So I'm not going to go out and, you know, do that thing like that um, I know you're calling me to do, God, because 
all these areas are popping up, so we avoid it. But that's actually the opposite of what we need to do because Jesus wants to heal those places. And, you know, I always kind of liken it to like hidden fault lines. When the pressure comes, those hidden fault lines are exposed. And um, so we need to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's not fun, but, but we need it. I think, uh, yeah, I wrote here Brene Brown, who I... I I'm going to quote her. She said, you need to lean into discomfort to find your way home. Yeah, that's not fun. Let's all be uncomfortable. But I think it's the way of Jesus is calling us to. We've, we're going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be fun. You want to hear, woo it's going to be a big party, but it's going to be uncomfortable at times. You're going to feel needy at times, but this is... This is the path he's called us to. He's going to show up for you in ways that you've never imagined when you cry out to him and you tell him, I'm weak, God. He's going to show up for you. I I need you to soften my heart. I can't go on feeling this hardness anymore. It's, It's so time. We can't just go through the motions of life. That's no way to live. I've done it. We can't do that anymore. There, I think there are times where things get hard, and I, I always tell young people it's okay to um, it's okay to take a break from the hard stuff, and maybe you need to go watch a silly movie. And I think there's times to paying attention to when you need to to um, it's okay to let go for a while. But um, I want to read uh, Psalm 45, verse 10. I love this scripture. Uh, It says, listen, consider, and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house, which means letting go of the former things. For the king desires your beauty. And I love this because God's reiterating the importance of listening and consider. He doesn't just say listen. He says, listen, consider, think differently, and incline your ears. Three times. Um. So it's, it's so important. God wants us to really get this. And and I know when my heart is hard, I, I feel it. I'm aware of what's going on inside. And things get really cloudy. And you can't see, you can't see clearly. You can't hear his voice. Um, pain in life, it will cloud your vision. It's like trying to see out of a window and not having wipers. It, it gets very cloudy. And that's what happens when your your heart is hard. When my heart is tender, I know his voice. His voice is clear. His voice is a whisper. His voice is loud. Um, So I think what Susan and I would love to, um, for you to get tonight, is to get more aware of what's going on inside, what his voice sounds like. When am I going through the motions of life? When When is my heart feeling really hard? Um. And another uh, scripture that um, I've been thinking about is it's James 1, verse 22. And um, I didn't have it up here for you, so you don't have to look it up. But it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and you don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away, and you forget what you look like. 
And um, so doing here in this, in this scripture is doing is believing and then applying it to your life. And uh, someone did a little Greek study on this, and the word doer actually emphasizes creativity. And it means it's like an author or a poet. So um, I really believe that the Holy Spirit has creative ways to get you to your promised land, to uh, bring breakthrough in your life. There's no formula. And so um, really asking Holy Spirit, um, what do you have for me? Like Susan talked about, listen and incline your ear. Listen, how? what do you want to do in my life? It, it may not look like the person next to you. There's no... There's no formula. You know, so much of the time we compare ourselves to other people's life and the breakthrough they got, the testimony they have, or the encounter they had. And Holy Spirit has something unique for you to get you where you need to go. So, but it's going to take softening your heart. It's going to take listening and um, being open and telling, telling Holy Spirit, I need you. I invite you in my life, welcoming that. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling Holy Spirit here. <laughs> um, I'll I'll tell a few quick stories here. Um, first, I want to tell you a story of where I um, didn't listen because I think we need to hear more the times where we fall. And then we choose to trust and get back up anyway. So um, God really put this one woman on my heart that I used to um, I used to know, be friends with. And so I've been thinking about her, praying for her. I haven't seen her in maybe eight years. And I was at Costco, and I look up and I see her. That must be you, God. I started, my heart was softening. I wanted, I had a word for her. I wanted to go talk to her and just see how she was doing, check in with her. I totally froze. I was like afraid of rejection. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the most uncomfortable thing. I'm not going to do it. And you know, you know, at Costco, those of you that go to Costco, how um, you have to show your receipt when you exit. Well, there was a long line um, to exit to show your receipt, and she was right in front of me. Like, for a while, I'm just watching her. I'm like, I'm going to say, I didn't do it. Okay, but I I don't look at that as, okay, you really messed this up. Like, God's not going to reach her now. I, I, I take that as, okay, push through the discomfort. Get over yourself a little bit, and now I'm still praying for her. But I felt it was important to share that. You know, just as a leader, I don't always do it right, and I get scared too. Um, but a cool story of um, really listening and um, just seeing God show up was um, when we went to Cambodia, and Suzanne and I were um, we were buying our, our our plane tickets, and then on the flight home. Um, a lot of the seats were taken, so I realized I'm not going to be able to probably sit with the rest of the group. But I really, I felt, I don't know, I felt inside like I really want to sit alone. Like I'm going to have a God set up. So I, I, we organized those seats that way. And um, I'm sitting next to this girl, and I'm just so drawn to her. And so I start, I have a word for her, and I share it. And she lights up, and she's crying, and... Um, 
she was she's from Taiwan and she was coming to San Francisco, coming to the States for the very first time, and she prayed, God, please put someone next to me who carries a lot of peace that would make me feel comfortable because I'm really scared. And that was cool. Not cool. She brought me a lot of peace. So I prayed for her and she prayed for me and we talked the whole way home. But I think really leaning in and paying attention to those nudges and sometimes they're more than a nudge, but Susan's right. It always happens when your heart is soft and you, you're more aware of the people around you and you're filled with compassion. And, um, I love how, how Holy Spirit shows up for us like that. And so it's an adventure. It's, it's fun. But, um, I always like to tell my kids, you know, I I don't want the, I don't want to paint like butterflies and rainbows. I always tell them life is going to be hard sometimes. So I, I mean, I will tell you that where we're going, it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be so worth it. I I don't want to make it sound horrible, but I think what Susan and I want to um, share is just pressing through that little bit of discomfort and and uh, the pain and the fear of rejection and all of that. And because on the other side, it's going to be so worth it, so worth it. Oh my goodness! Keep telling him, Jesus, I need you. I need you. We've got to. Um, we need him. I'm, we, I'm realizing I, I need to rely on you for everything, Holy Spirit. And it's a good place to be. It really is. He's going to show up for you in ways that you never imagine. So, um, yeah, Susan, you want to come back up? So, um, yeah, Brené Brown came back to mind as you were sharing um, to something I want to share with all all of you. <clears throat> I've done, of course, a lot of inner healing. Uh, I need more to do on myself. I've got to be very honest. <laughs> but also in, in, in working with a lot of you, which has, to me, been a great gift. There's one thing I've learned about how do you get your breakthrough? How do you get to that place? And and just this week, I actually concluded my class on inner healing. And what what I saw there in several different people did find their breakthrough actually this Tuesday. And I will tell you what what the way to your breakthrough is learning this that this high priest of ours understands our weakness. He has faced. Every temptation, every struggle, every inadequacy, every bit of feeling less than, every bit of feeling not enough. The same as we do. But he did it without sin, which means he bridges us into that place of breakthrough. 
Not that it's sin. Sin simply means right missing the mark. In other words, we believe something less about ourselves than is the truth. That's the context. So when I'm speaking of sin here, it doesn't mean you did something horrible, you lied or cheated. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that at all. It simply means like not believing the truth of what God says about you in the Bible. From the Bible is a sin. Did you know that? It's missing the mark. It's believing something the Bible would never agree with. It's not believe, agreeing with him. So I want to take that. Sin just sounds so harsh. And it really isn't that harsh at all. Because God understands. He so, so understands our weakness. And where we get stuck and we get in the same loop is where we keep shaming ourselves because of our own weakness. Okay? So if you're finding yourself in the same loop of feeling bad about yourself, of hating yourself, it's, that is not what the heart of God wants for you. He already has compassion for that part of you that you feel so ashamed about. He already, he is loving, he can't wait, he cannot wait to love on that part of your heart that you don't like, that you think everybody would hate me if they saw this part of me. He's like, I love you already. Let me in. Let me in. I want to hug that part of you. I want to pour my compassion out on that part of you. I am your only answer. Shutting it in the dark isn't going to ever fix it. Letting it out into the light, into my arms. That's where you're going to find your healing. So Jesus, I want to especially address tonight anyone out there who knows they've been stuck in a shame cycle. Because shame makes you want to hide it and cover it up and not give God access to it. Because it just seems like, God, why would you want it even? Why would you even want? And he's like, I want. I so want to hug, love on, adore this part of who you are. This part of who you are is not worthy of being shamed. This part of who you are is an absolute resurrection waiting to happen. This is just, Jesus, I ask that you would roll the stone away over our hearts, any part of our hearts that we've locked up because we've been so afraid of the light hitting it. Jesus, would you roll that stone away? And would you show us your compassion in that place, your understanding, your tender mercies right there. He loves you. He loves you. Listen to what that voice has to say. That part of who you are just needs to hang out with Jesus and have a little dialogue with him. He understands. He's right there for you. Oh, yeah. He understands full of grace and mercy. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect, absolutely becomes perfect in our weaknesses. He didn't come for strong, fixed up, having our act together people. He came for all of us who are weak little children. They're trying to find our way. That's why he came for us, because we need him. We need him desperately. Hmm. 
Yeah. Um, let's keep our eyes closed. Holy Spirit, <clears throat> pray that you would reveal yourself to us on the inside. There is a internal inheritance that we have, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Is any places where um, we have looked to external things um, for that fuel, and that fuel doesn't last very long, whether it be the world telling us how we need to live, where we need to be at in our lives, and causing all that shame and um, getting our needs met in those those external things. Um, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that uh, your that flame, that fire, not just a flame, it's a fire on the inside of us, that we would feel it, that it would increase, that we would be aware of it, and that that is the place that we would um, draw from. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for... Um, being everything we could ask or want on the inside, telling us um, who we are, meeting every need we have. Thank you. Yeah, let's go ahead and... um, we're going to pray a little bit more, but if parents can go ahead and get your kiddos, that would be great. Okay, this... Um there might be some of you who have been assuming that um, it's been the enemy speaking to you when it actually might be a very hurting part of your heart that's speaking, okay? That happens a lot. So I just want to encourage you right now, if that's, that's been you, give it a chance. Give, just listen to what that voice has been saying. It's been very often that it, the truth is it's just there's parts of our heart that are just really, really hurt and they've gotten trapped and locked up in time and space. And they don't sound very sanitized and like good little Christians because they're darn right angry. That does not make it a demon or an evil spirit. That means there might be a part of your heart that's angry. And we don't like it when we feel those kinds of emotions, do we? As we're good Christians, we're supposed to smile and love everybody. And if we got a little anger trapped inside, well, that's kind of like inconvenient. But I want to encourage you, God loves that part of your heart too. He understands. He understands what you haven't been able to understand. So I want to just take any stigma off you that's made you feel like I have a terrible Christian that I've got this, still got this problem. Okay? It's an emotion. It's a feeling and it's there for a very good reason. Jesus wants to come in and have a chat. That's what he does. He wants to love on that part of your heart. You're not stuck with it. You're not trapped with it being just like that. 
He wants to come and just say, hey, let me just be there. Let me take all that shock off of you that you thought you had to take on for yourself. You thought you had to absorb all that pain, all that frustration, all that misunderstanding, all that rejection. You thought you had to take it on for yourself, and you don't. He's the one hanging on the cross. He's the one hanging on the cross. He's the one who took it all, took all that pain for you in every way. He understands. Whoa, so I'm actually feeling right now there are some things that he that you can release to him right now. You thought you had to hold on to those things, and you don't. The pain, the frustration, the heavy weights. That's his job. That's his job. That's him. We come boldly before the throne of his grace. He will receive all that stuff. We, we were never designed to process all that pain. Never by yourself. Never. That's his job. He takes it for you. He wants it. It gives him joy to take your pain. The cross set before him gave him joy because he knew what it would mean for each and every one of you. It means freedom for each and every one of you when you let him be the God that hangs on the cross and you don't try and hang on the cross for yourself. So let that release. Just let that release. But just let it release. Whoa. Everyone just go ahead and stay in that place. I feel like there's more releasing. Um, But I have this young gal with the black shirt and the glasses. What's your name? June. Okay, I think I've met you before. Yeah. Hi, June. Hmm. Okay, I didn't have, I kind of had something, but now that you say your name, I feel like God, um, in the, the month of June, interesting that there, um, I'm really stepping out because I don't know. Um, let's everybody just go ahead and extend your hand to June and then we'll see. Thank you, father. I thank you for June. I thank you that she is your beloved daughter in whom you're well pleased and that you are the lifter of her head and that you want to encourage her heart, that you highlighted her for a reason Thank you, Father, for the springtime that's coming in her life. And um, I feel like God is um, removing some clouds, some heaviness, and um, that the springtime is coming and that you're entering into a new season, June, um, and that uh, God just wants all of us to um, impart hope to you tonight and to tell you what an incredible young woman you are and that I see that you've... um, have really great character and that you've 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 pushed through some challenging things and that you've come out uh, stronger and equipped with more tools and that <laughs> he is so proud of you and and uh, that that joy is bubbling up and 
that it's going to flow out. You are a leader. I see young girls um, looking up to you and uh, that it comes very naturally, not not because you're you're trying, but there's you're, you're a natural mother, even at your young age. And so we add our hope. Everybody extend hope and faith to June. And um, we bless you in Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to bless you all. Let's go ahead and stand up. Yeah, stretch. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. I thank you for these amazing, incredible world changers in this room. And uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would... Uh, soften hearts, tenderize everyone's heart even more. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just as Joel talked about, that the heaviness is leaving, that there would be a lightness and a rest like Susan talked about. We enter into that place of rest, of knowing deep on the inside the inheritance we have, who we are, and we, I pray that Psalm 34 over you, those who look to him are radiant and your faces will never be covered with shame. You are ones that can hold your heads up high. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we will listen, consider, incline our ear, press our ear into your chest. Thank you that we hear your voice, that there is clarity that we know our Father's voice. And we, I declare uh, courage over you, courage to be yourself, to um, be the answer this world is looking for from that place of deep, deep rest on the inside. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And even when it's uncomfortable at times, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are giving us a far greater reward. And uh, we receive that now in Jesus' name. And I just want to pray over you. I just see a path. God, for those who have been struggling to feel like they can't get any traction, I just just, um, proclaim the valleys are going to be raised up and the mountains are going to be torn down. And he is creating for you a highway of heaven. And I feel like some of you are even having dreams where you're seeing pathways or roads in your dreams. I think God is releasing to you some strategies of getting back on that path, getting back on that highway. I just, um, yes, Jesus, now today is the day. Today you hear his voice. Today you enter your promised land. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.